You are listening to the Freedom Fellowship audio podcast from Freedom Fellowship Church in Tontytown, Arkansas. Our mission is to love God, love others, and serve both. And now let's listen in to this week's sermon. Okay, so if you would please open up to Luke chapter 5, and we're going to continue today in our study through Luke's gospel. So last week, Nate spoke about the Lord's Prayer. Because the disciples, really the apostles, the chosen 12, came to Jesus and said, John the Baptist was teaching his disciples, his followers, to pray. Can you teach us to pray? Not necessarily how to pray. That's what we're going to talk about today. But he said, teach us to do it. Teach us what prayer is. And then eventually what we're going to cover this morning is looking at principles of prayer. So the message for today is, and I know our our audio people, Mike back there, when you have a microphone and you do P's and H's, kind of those breathy sounds that kind of wreaks havoc on the mic. So we're going to get our mic a workout today, both mics. Um, Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Because today's message is going to be three P's about prayer. Purple people eater. Yeah. What'd you say? A little hot. Okay. Back it down just a hair. Thank you, Barbara. Okay. So three Ps about prayer. So we're going to be looking at Luke chapter 11. We're going to be starting in verse number five. So Nate covered through verse four. Today, we're going to be looking at the next passage, which is going to be verses five through 13. So have you guys found Luke 11 verse five? Okay. So this is still in the same breath. So when Jesus was talking to his apostles, saying, they're saying, okay, teach us to pray. He says, here's a model prayer found in verse number two. When you pray, say. And then he recites what we know as the Lord's Prayer. In that same breath, this is not because there's a a space or white space in your Bible, doesn't mean it's a different account. This is in that same breath, along those same lines, he says this, starting in verse number five, so Luke 11, five, and he said to them, which of you shall have a friend and go to him at midnight and say to him, friend, lend me three loaves for a friend of mine has come to me on his journey and I have nothing to set before him. And he will answer from within and say, do not trouble me. The door is now shut. And my children are with me in bed. I cannot rise and give it to you. I say to you, though he will not rise and give it to him because he is his friend, yet because of his persistence, he will rise and give him as many as he needs. So that's kind of the the first part that we're looking at here this morning. So we're going to look at this in three parts. Again, the three P's of prayer. The first one is a parable about prayer. Now, I want you to keep in mind the Lord's Prayer as we continue through today. So, a parable is a heavenly truth with an earthly application. So, Jesus is saying you can't quite grasp truly what this means, so let me give you an illustration. So, a a parable is a heavenly truth with an earthly application. So, what he's talking about here is... He is telling them, be 
bold in your prayer. So when we have the parable of the persistent friend, what Jesus is telling them is be bold in your prayer. But watch this. Don't be arrogant in your prayer. We're going to talk more about this here in just a little bit. He's talking about having a boldness when we go to the Father. Having that, that boldness inside of us. Again, not an arrogance. So what are we bold about? Our need. When we go before the Father, we go with a boldness about our need. What is our need? We saw it in the Lord's Prayer. Our daily bread, our daily provision. We want the Lord to meet our needs. And we're going to expand on this here in a little bit. But our need, what we think, and what he thinks, sometimes, a lot of times, most times, two different things. So we, myself included, may get our toes stepped on a little bit today. And praise God for that. And for once, it's not Eric doing the stepping, doing the stomping. Just joking. It's, it's the word of God that does the stomping, not coach. So we're going to see what this means. Our need, what we think is our need, may not look like we think it does. So having a boldness, having an, uh, uh, just really kind of saying, Lord, I'm coming to you with this petition. Here I am. So what is, what is the opposite of that? What does that look like? I'm glad you asked. We don't have a slide for it. But I want to refer you to Matthew chapter 6, verse 7. And you don't have to turn there. I encourage you to look at it later. But this is from the Sermon on the Mount, where Jesus is saying, here's what not to do. So the Sermon on the Mount is saying, look at the religious people. Look how they have hijacked the original intent of things like murder, love, prayer, fasting, all of these different things. He's saying, look how they have corrupted it. And I want to read you verse 7. He says, and when you pray, do not use vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think that they will be heard with their many words. That's what Jesus is saying. So when we look at what is the opposite of boldness, it is saying, well, if I say this certain prayer this many times, God has to do it. Or when it says use vain repetitions, they think that they will be heard for their many words. Meaning, well, if I do this long expository prayer that God honors that a little bit more and God has to do this, I'll tell you this, God doesn't has to do anything, right? We are going to him. It is his will, not our own. And one, one quick note on that Sermon on the Mount illustration is Jesus in the same breath says, when they do that, talking about the religious people, when they are using these vain repetitions for they think that they will be heard for their many words, Jesus says they already have their reward. What is that reward? The people out in the crowd like, oh, wow, look, boy, that guy knows how to pray. Look at him. Look how religious, look how pious he is. And they applaud. Oh, wow. Look how, look at him. Jesus said that is their reward to where the Father essentially is not honoring their prayers because they're doing it for men. And that's a common theme that you see throughout the Sermon on the Mount 
with fasting. It says that they will disfigure their faces and make it appear to men that they are fasting. Why? Oh, look how, look how religious they are. So pious. Oh, I wish to be as religious as him one day. And they're patting themselves on the back. Jesus is saying they've already had their reward. So, the first P was a parable of, of prayer. Number two, the persistence of prayer. So look again, or actually look at verse number nine. Again, in the same breath, this is not, it may be separated into a different section in your Bible. This is still the same train of thought. So he gave the parable. Now we're going to look at the persistence of prayer. He says, so I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, it will be opened. So let me, let me go ahead and keep reading down through uh, verse number 13. If a son asks for bread from a father among you, will he give him a stone? If he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent instead of a fish? Or if he asks for an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Now, this is a, a pretty lengthy portion, but again, it's all in the same breath. So, a lot of you have, may have read verse number 9, so I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. He who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, it will be opened, period. You have heard that. You're like, oh, Lord Jesus, I am knocking. Oh, give me this promotion. I'm knocking. Can't you hear me knocking? All of this kind of stuff. You have heard that. And then we kind of stop right there. And we really underscore in verse number 10, for everyone who asks receives. For everyone who asks receives. And you're looking at that, you're like, okay, all right, where's my winning lotto ticket? Where is, let me get off this, this rock here. Let me, where, Lord, where am I? What am I doing? Where is my blessing? Where is all of this? I love the context of the Bible. When we look at things in context, it gives it a whole new light. So when we see in verse 10, for everyone who asks, receives, I haven't received that promotion. I haven't received that, that breakthrough that will get me out of this addiction. Where is it? Your word right there, right there in black and white or red up on the screen. Where is it? Is his word wrong? No. Are we wrong? Probably. What's going on? Again, when we look at context, we have to understand context. He's given the, the parable, the first parable, about prayer, about the persistent friend. Then we talk about the persistence of prayer. Then we have the parable of the good father. If an earthly father will give, will give good gifts, I thought it was P's I was worried about. Apparently it's G's. 
we're, we're talking about earthly fathers knowing how to give good gifts. But what Jesus is saying, the entire point of this is found in verse 13. If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give who? Who? The Holy Spirit. So, what Jesus is doing is he is foreshadowing. All the literary nerds like me are like, yeah, literary term, foreshadowing. He is revealing something to them. Now, again, with us, we know the Bible. We know how the Bible ends. We know how Jesus is crucified. He is resurrected. He is ascended and the Holy Spirit comes. We know that. But again, if you are one of the 12 who is sitting there listening to your rabbi teach about kingdom things, like, whoa, Holy Spirit, who's that? He is telling them, Look at things in a spiritual sense, not an earthly sense. Because they were unaware of the Holy Spirit. As the Gospel of Luke continues to play out, we're going to see how Jesus begins to reveal things to him. He says, when I leave, when I leave this earth, I am leaving you another helper, a paraclete, who is one and the same. They, they don't understand this, but we do. And I heard this described this way. The Holy Spirit, this is not mine, by the way. I would love to take credit for it, but I'm not going to. The Holy Spirit is the divine distributor of the things purchased by the Son and ordained by the Father. Let me read that again. The Holy Spirit is the divine distributor of the things purchased by the Son and ordained by the Father. Good stuff, huh? So again, Jesus is foreshadowing his departure, but he said that he will leave his helper after he has ascended. So what he's doing is he's sandwiching a parable of the persistent friend with the parable of the good father. All of this is talking about prayer. So back to the peas, the last point is the purpose of prayer. Why do we pray? You may be thinking, shouldn't the little, little children back there be learning why we need prayer? I'm a grown Christian. I'm a grown adult. Christians pray. Duh. Of course we do. But what is the purpose of prayer? As Nate said last week, prayer is about relationship with our Heavenly Father. It is about communication, communication, communication. Those three things. That's what prayer is. God wants us to choose to love Him. To choose to trust Him. And to choose to obey Him. The reason that's important is, let's take a look at the holy angels, for example. When they were created... They are messengers of God. They do what the Father tells them. They do have free will. But they receive instruction from the Father and they go and do it. 
They do have that choice. So it's not exactly apples and apples. But my point is this. If God created us just to love Him, where is the choice in that? It is our choice to receive salvation through Christ. Now, some people of other religions and things like that, they place their faith in someone else or something else. They do not put their salvation into Jesus Christ. That is a choice that they do. Unfortunately, there are many people who will not enter the kingdom of heaven because of that choice, including family members. And as we prayed this morning, that is something that we, we prayed for uh, prior to the service, is our wayward sons and daughters, uncles, cousins, extended family, people who have not yet given their lives to Christ, who have not placed that saving faith in Jesus Christ. That's why it's important for us to continue to pray, to communicate with the Father. Father, here is my desire. Here is my wish. I wish that that family member that I want so badly to be born into God's kingdom, Lord, put people in their path that can minister to them to bring them into the kingdom. Communication. It's also about choosing. We choose to become born again. We choose to love the Lord. We choose to trust Him. We don't always do that. We want to, but we don't. Why? Because we think we know better, right? I'm smart. Like, really smart. I know better than God. When we do that, I wish someone spiritually metaphorically, would just smack us on the back of the head and keep on going. And thank the Holy Spirit for doing that to us sometimes because we need it. Why? Because we are selfish, we are arrogant by nature. By nature, we are that way. We don't like to be. Not only do we struggle with that, but the Apostle Paul struggled until the end of his life with that. He's saying, Lord, less of me. I don't like this flesh that I am in. This flesh is sinful. I don't like it. I want this to be done away with because I want to focus on the spiritual things. See, Paul understood that there's a difference between the flesh, which is our mortal bodies and our spirit. And he taught extensively about that. Why are we talking about this? Our fleshly desires are sinful. We have a sinful nature and we have a desire to feed that flesh. You may be thinking, not me. Well, let's go to the book of James chapter 4. James chapter 4. I want to read you what, what the Apostle James says about this because this is very humbling for us. So we're going to be looking at James chapter 4 verse 1. And again, I want to kind of keep this in, in context of the purpose of prayer. Why do we pray? It's about communication. It's about choosing to love Him and to be obedient to the Lord, not obedient to what we think is best. Why? 
Let's look at James 4, verse 1. He asked this question. He said, where do wars and fights come from among you? Do they not come for your desires for pleasure that war in your members? You lust and do not have. You murder and covet and cannot obtain. You fight and war, yet you do not have because you ask amiss. Or you ask and do not receive because you ask amiss. Watch this last part of verse 3. That you may spend it on your pleasures. Maybe thinking, okay, why are you talking about this? I didn't come to church to get a black eye spiritually. The purpose of prayer is not always to get what we want. It is to maintain our relationship with the Father. I'm going to say that again. The purpose of prayer is to not always get what we want. It is to maintain the relationship with our Heavenly Father. And I was thinking of a good illustration. What can illustrate this in a good way with that, that love, that just that, that burning love, that trust, that obedience? So Mike and Barbara, can we go ahead and put that picture up? This encapsulates really kind of what we're talking about. Yes, we're dogs, yes, in this example. But this dog right here, notice I didn't use a picture of our dog. He's, we're working on obedience. I wish he could be like this. But this is a picture we found on Google. But I want you to look at the dog. The dog is looking at his master. His eyes are on the master. And I would imagine if this was a video, the dog would be walking. I'm not going to do it because I'll fall off the stage and Eric will laugh and this whole thing. If the dog was walking, his eyes would be on the master the whole time. When you train a dog, that's what, you're, that's what you want. You want them to look at you, to maintain eye contact, to look for direction, right? At the same time, they trust you enough because they love you enough, right? Now, this dog, if there was a pothole, do you think that the master would let him walk and fall into the pothole? No. The owner would say, nope, let's go around that and keep going. The dog keeps his eyes on the master because he loves him. He loves him enough to trust him, and he remains obedient to him. Now, you may be thinking, okay, that's a silly example. It is. It's very basic. But when we look at who we are in relation to our Heavenly Father, we should be like this dog, having our eyes fixed on Jesus at all times. Because what we do is we're walking with the Lord, and we're looking for potholes, and, oh, I see a squirrel over there. I'm going to go do what I want to do. And then when I get into trouble, I'm going to scurry back and stick by his side, right? For us as Christians, we should have a desire, a burning desire inside of us to keep our eyes fixed on him. Why? Because he knows what's best for us. We don't. As we just saw in James, 
why would we want to do this? Why would we want to keep our eyes fixed on him, remain obedient to him, and to trust him that he would not lead us astray? Why? Because he loved us enough to redeem us back to himself. He said, Bob, I love you so much, I'm going to send my son to die for you. That redemption is found through Jesus Christ alone. That burning love already exists from him to us. But when we hear the gospel of Jesus Christ, when we respond to it, that love begins to flow the other way as well. Love coming down, love going back up. So if you are like pretty much 99.99999% of Christians, we struggle with this in this area. We want to stay by our Father's side. He's not going anywhere. He's continuing to walk on a straight path. He will not lead us astray, yet we get that little zip leash and we start to kind of wander over here checking out flowers and trees squirrels whatever we do that he doesn't go anywhere so he loved us enough to redeem us back into fellowship with himself and that is found through jesus christ and the last thing i want to say about this is he desires what is best for us but big but we think we know what that is he says i want you to trust me we're like well but i've been praying for that million dollar mansion on the hill i need a ferrari to get to work every day like lord you don't understand that i need it i need that he's saying i want you to love me trust me and obey that's what he's telling us but we are the sinful ones who want that ferrari why so that when i drive by people are like "Ooh, nice car that's why i want that ferrari could i get to work on a little moped certainly you ever seen a big guy on a moped i have that's not good we have that sinful nature it skews our view it clouds our judgment in other words but the thing is the lord desires the best for each and every one of us now that may be something that you hear in a lot of pulpits around the the world this morning god wants the best for you yes he does but it may not look the way that we think it does because in a lot of those churches, people are sitting there, they don't know Jesus Christ, and they're like, okay, he's this magical genie. Anything you want, he'll give it to you. You ever tried to give a pocket knife to a two-year-old? You're not going to. Why? They're not ready for it. They can't handle it. Same type of thing with us. We cannot handle certain things. We want those things. But the Lord says, you're not ready for him. He says, I need your eyes up here. I need you to trust me. I want you to love me. And I want you to be obedient to me. But a lot of churches 
they turn God into a pinata. That when you need something, you just go up and you whack him and you get what you want. And then you get off the leash, go do what you want. When you get in trouble, come back to God. That is not what he desires for us. He desires us sticking right there. Our eyes fixed on him, trusting, loving, and being obedient. Lastly, his will for us is his will. It's not ours. We think we know what's best, but truly he does. We cannot twist the scripture to say, let me, let me read it to you again. Follow along with me. Of course, I'm still in James. Look at Luke 11. Ten. For everyone who asks, receives. He who seeks, finds. And to him who knocks, it will be opened. That's the scripture I'm standing on. My genie Jesus, my pinata Jesus, says everyone who asks, receives. Lord, rain down those blessings. The whole time, he's saying, look at me. Love me. Trust me be obedient it is my will not yours stop with the sinful desires of our flesh said trust me amen heavenly father we thank you for this day lord thank you for your word that went forth here this morning father we use this to glorify you and father we thank you for the holy spirit who will correct us when we need to be corrected Father, we thank you for hearing this. And Lord, we want to put this into action. That we want to remain prayerful to you. We want to remain just that burning love. We want to show that to you. We want to be like that dog in this illustration. With our eyes fixed on you. Trusting, loving, and remaining obedient. Knowing that you will never leave us forsake us and father we just ask that you strengthen us that you help us to be like that because we cannot do that in and of ourselves we have to have you we have to have your holy spirit leading and guiding us to do that so lord that is our prayer today we just ask that you strengthen each and every one of us in that area it's in jesus name we pray Thank you so much for listening to the Freedom Fellowship audio podcast. We are located at 990 West Henry de Tonti Boulevard in Tontytown, Arkansas. You can check us out on the web at freedomfellowship.com or you can find us on social media by searching Freedom Fellowship NWA. We hope you have a great week and that you live out the mission of the church, which is to love God, love others, and serve both.